so we are so excited today. We are here to talk obscure animation. This is uh, something we've been doing every month. I've been doing it for a couple of years and uh, Stanford and I have been talking, uh, we've been doing these since the beginning, since last December. So it's been almost a year, it's very exciting. Uh, so I'm Rachel, Stanford is here. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much. And we are here to talk about Bill Plimpton's uh, movie, Cheatin'. So this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. 2014. And had you ever seen this film before? No, I had heard about it, but I've never, but I had, I'd never seen it. Yeah. yeah. But I was really, really glad for the chance to, to uh, watch it, you know, and really just to kind of dive into the mind of Bill Plimpton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I had seen it because I started my blog in 2014 and I made a goal uh, every year since 2014. I tried to see all of the movies that are submitted for animated feature film yeah. to the Academy. And last year I saw every single one except for one. It was this Italian Cinderella cat movie and I've never been able to find it. I'm dying to find it just so I can be like, I did it all. I'm like a completionist, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and some of these these foreign ones in particular, I, they're hard. They're yeah. hard to find. I'm really glad that this one. I, it was on. It was on Apple iTunes. That's how I was able to watch it. How, how did? Where did you watch it, Rage? I watched it on Vimeo because I had actually oh, yeah. purchased it way back in 2014 on Vimeo. Yeah. So, so I still and Bill had Clinton, it. I think I think all of his content, if I or much of it. Yeah, he's put on Vimeo. If I'm not mistaken, he he said that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so let's talk about uh, Bill Plimpton before we dive into kind of the movie itself. Uh, yeah. So he, I feel like he is one of a dying breed of animators where you know immediately upon looking at their animation that is a Bill Plimpton animation. Mm -hmm. uh, you you know you certainly had some with something like a Miyazaki, Takahata, people like that, but you know, they're, they are uh, not working much at least anymore. But like even people that have like slight, you know, differences, like you can tell slight differences between like an Andrew Stanton movie and a P doctor movie. It's not the same as like somebody like Bill Plimpton, who it is, it is a visual oh, yeah. uh, style trademark almost you've got such and yeah i'm with you such a distinctive style you immediately know it's all typically i think he uses pencil yeah and you and you see it you know just the way the way the line is it's all it has a very uh i think for lack of a better term kind of a shaky look you know how i mean uh, and it then does yeah and I, which, I, which i really like you know because yeah. again it yeah. feels like it's hand crafted which is it which it is because he really is the only guy pretty much doing all of the drawing for his films and then he he'll bring in a handful of other people to help with some of the other processes yeah guys. he said in a thing i saw that he makes about thirty thousand drawings uh yeah. for his typical feature yeah, i saw that too yeah. you can compare him to signe bonnet who we talked about with um with uh, um, Rocks in My Pockets, and that makes sense because they were both, uh, they, she, was, she was trained basically by Bill Plumpton. She was, oh, he was a mentor to her, so that right. makes sense. But you know, you, right. have some, you have people like Ralph Basti, 
um don bluth uh there's there's a few um what's the richard is it richard adams the one who did the um thief and the cobbler um what's that richard williams Richard Williams. I knew it was Richard something. Yeah, Richard yeah. Williams would be another one. Obviously, Don Hertzfeld would be another one that has a very like distinct style, but yeah. there's just not that many. And so Bill Plimpton's really pretty remarkable that way. And so it's it's interesting. And uh, what I thought was really interesting about this movie is that I saw it as more of a drama. <laughs> uh and when i was doing my research i kind of looked at it as a version of othello is how i looked at it uh-huh. you know where othello he starts to get you know jealous of desmodona he thinks that she's been unfaithful it starts to just the jealousy just eats him up alive i kind of felt like that that was the story and so it surprised me in in, in researching this that he saw this as the perfect plot for a bill plimpton comedy yeah <laughs> that statement was so interesting wasn't it because again he's got pretty twisted uh sensibility for lack of a better yeah. again, way 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 to say it my initial exposure to bill plimpton's work was through a, a 30 minute weekly tv show on mtv called liquid television it was uh-huh. in the during the nineties and it was all these short films and they were all super weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but really interesting, you know, again, his distinctive style and, and really dark. Yeah. So when I, when I watched cheating, it just, it was like, again, like a long form version of one of those, you know, things yeah. I had seen on, on uh, liquid, on the liquid television program. Uh, yeah. that, it didn't seem to me, it seemed less like a comedy and more like a film noir. Yeah. And I, he does say in the interview I saw, he says, I compare it to a James N. K. M. Kane story uh, uh, who did Double Indemnity, who wrote Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. Yeah. And yeah. then you can definitely see that going through this movie. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And he says, uh, I make films that are so surreal, so unbelievable, that that's where the humor comes in. Mm-hmm. and so you know humor is just such a subjective thing uh yeah. but i think i guess i can kind of see what he's saying but to I me, can I, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe again maybe he's thinking it's funny i can't say i laughed a lot during it so we ha- uh we listened to this interview with bill plimpton and uh and he i felt kind of bad for him because uh he seemed so optimistic about this film that it was going to do great and the people were like really excited for you know adult animation or something different and i i don't know he said i believe there will always be drawn animation traditional drawn animation i love it because i love to see the mistakes it's like going to a museum and seeing a renoir drawing you see the hand of the master, you see the creative process right there on the piece of art. And he seemed just so excited <laughs> that I felt kind of bad because yeah. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's really true, if there really is much of an audience for this kind of movie, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's, a re- it's definitely a niche audience. I thought it was interesting too that you know, the, the film, 
cheating was was funded by a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, and he got a hop to. I think he he had a hundred thousand people that donated money to it. So, and 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 I noticed that in the credits too. You know, because you know the names, the, the people's names got put in the, in the the film's credits. So, I thought, well, again, maybe it's you know again not wildly popular, but there's enough popularity that he was yeah. able to get a crowdsource funded film made and. And hopefully he was able to recoup some of his expenses, but I think he's got a he's got an uphill battle for sure, you know, with what with what he's with with his art form and what he's trying to do. Which again, it's it's kind of a shame, huh? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sad. But. Yeah, I I wish that there was more of a market for this kind of animation uh, for all different kinds of animation, but yeah, it's tough. Like, not I only is it is it very aesthetically challenging for a lot of people, but it's adult animation and that's just hard for people. Yeah. I was just going to say, cause ultimately, right. That's what I was thinking too. This, this is not for all audiences. This is really targeted towards adults. Yeah. And, and uh, so again, it's a different kind of generation. Maybe it was the MTV generation like myself that you know, people that saw him on liquid television yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were, were funding him and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> wanting him to keep making, you know, interesting, interesting films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this does a good job of being uh, an art piece without being obnoxious. There's enough story here for me to to oh yeah to appreciate it like it's not um at sundance i saw a movie called lou over the wall which i did not care uh-huh. for at all i felt like yes it is visually inventive but it made me nauseous i didn't like it i didn't like the yeah. style i didn't think the story was very good it seemed like a copy of ponyo to me and I really uh-huh. didn't enjoy it at all. Whereas this, and like, I'm not a big fan of people like Godard. I know he's like the greatest ever in some people's eyes, but to me, at least I saw his movie film socialism and I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen. It was awful. And, uh, and I, I think that, that, that can be very self-indulgent in this kind of art piece and i appreciate art and i wouldn't want to tell somebody not to not to do their art but there has to it's like roger ebert said in his review of film socialism which was scathing and deserved he said there has to be some kind of a kind of agreement made between audience goer and artists like you can't expect the audience goer to do all the heavy lifting and Uh and i (laughs) think I think that yeah. strikes a pretty good balance in this for me. Yeah, me too. I I, I wasn't sure what was going, you know, mm-hmm. where things were going, but I thought but that was good though. Like, that was, then I I was engaged throughout the throughout the whole throughout the whole film, and and uh, it really takes some interesting twists and turns, and kind of you know truly in a twisted way. Which again, I think that was the point and and very bill plimpton-esque (laughs) but uh but ultimately this way you know really kind of sweet too so go figure (laughs) figure. yeah it there's a heart to it 
Uh, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Like it is. I, I know. I really thought it was a lot like Othello. Othello is. Yeah. In the end, but like there's, there is also you know you think about the way that there's a lesson in in the, in the tragedy that he let his jealousy get the better of him and uh and that's definitely true with this story so it's interesting he had actually bill plimpton his big break he had done uh, he'd actually worked as an illustrator uh for a, a number of years in the 80s when animation was disney was almost bankrupt at that time which is can you even imagine like <laughs> what <laughs> we think of them now and it's hard to even fathom that 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 was a serious possibility i uh in uh jody benson at comic-con when she was talking uh she said that like when they were filming and doing the voice recording and stuff for when they were making little mermaid that people were boxing stuff up so this was like the last like last oh, yeah effort. oh yeah this, which you is just crazy. you just can't even yeah it's so crazy to think that this beloved art form that we all love so much was really yeah on its last kind of the last legs you know yeah so to speak before before this golden age revival and i i thought it was interesting to hear bill plimpton refer to it as, as the same thing because yeah. and then again he was talking about it in all those different terms you have about disney um and then uh studio ghibli you yeah. know and, and these other all these other these other film studios internationally too that were um seeing a seeing a revival on that you know Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden it became viable and cool to be an animator. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Like studying the eighties is very fascinating because you had obviously the, the, you know, little mermaid coming out uh, and, and then you in 89 before that you had the studio Ghibli had something like Akira coming out, which was a game. Changer yeah. Akira. Um, was that, it was Akira like 88. Something I think like it was that, 1988. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, so many interesting uh, things like that was the start of Pixar. It was like in 88, 87, yeah. 88. Uh, yeah. And um, so it's, it's fascinating. Uh, so, but he got his big break after doing, illust- working as an illustrator for many years for uh, public, for men's magazines in particular, he said. And, but then he did a short called Your Face. They got nominated for an Oscar, so that was kind of his big yes. break. So. And that was so fun to see. It's on YouTube, yeah. so definitely go check it out on YouTube because it's 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 very interesting to watch. And again, completely Bill Plimpton, you know, yeah. uh, in yeah. every you know. And style. Bill Plimpton, Bill Plimpton can be very controversial and very you know he has some very controversial shorts and things that he's done. So. Uh, you know, approached with a grain of salt. Well, <laughs> he's political too. I oh, mean, yeah. he does, you know, he's done political cartoons and things. He's, you know, strong opinions. Yeah. Nothing's really taboo with him. Yeah. But, like he know. recently did one with Trump and Putin holding hands. Trump. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're really yeah. sensitive about that kind of thing, he may not be the animator for you, but there's nothing. This might not, this might not be. Yeah. You're saying <laughs> there's nothing political in this movie. So you're safe. No, just... no, she, but, but it's, but it's definitely, and it, it's, it's, it's for grownups. You know, this, yeah, this is, is, this is not a, 
it's not a kid's film. It's a, it's it's all, you know, grown up uh, grown up themes and grown up things. Yeah. You know? But I feel like it was tastefully done. I I I was okay. Yeah. With, I, yeah. For the most part. It's not. Yeah. It's 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 it's. it's I, I agree. Yeah. It's so. Um, stylistic and so non-realistic that you i mean it's kind of like i was talking telling one of my friends about um this indian movie this tollywood movie called bahubali 2 which i love bahubali and bahubali 2 and i'm like there's extreme violence but it's so over the top and so non-realistic like so ridiculous that like it doesn't really Mm -hmm. bother me because i'm not like like I was way more traumatized by something that felt more realistic, like say, like the violence in silence, which I hated with a passion. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's very like over the, and so I, I would put this in this camp. Did you feel before we dive into the plot? So the character design is um, purposely kind of grotesque in a way. Uh-huh. It's very like misshapen, lot you know, large nose, yeah. kind of a thing. Very exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. And it also kind of varies on the on the uh emotion of the scene yeah. too. You know, sometimes they'll have even more grotesque features or more, you know, more exaggerated yeah. features or different things, you know. <laughs> she said I'm a sensualist and unabashed lover of muscular grotesque images. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is, because a lot of times it really does look it almost does seem grotesque, you know, because it's not, not, not attra- attractive. I think probably the uh, one of the few things that I actually thought was maybe beautiful uh-huh. was when the 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 lead female in the in the film Ella uh-huh. is walking and reading her book, almost like she's Belle. I mean, I remind me of Belle, <laughs> you know, that yeah. she's walking around, uh, not necessarily paying attention to what's going on around her. She's really She's withdrawn and she's she's yeah. just you know reading her book, but she's got that flowing um, ribbon on her hat, and then the, the way her dress is, is blowing too as she's walking. Yeah. Some of that was really pretty, and then they like she shows some of these close-ups of her face and stuff, and kind of this again it kind of goes back to the the grotesque and very exaggerated. Um, other, other, but yeah, again it just seems just very Bill Plimpton esque, you know. Yeah, what about you? What did you think? Yeah, it, it, it takes some adjustment, I think. And you have to sort of yeah. know what you're getting into, that this is an art piece, this is not, you know, that. but I think it's consistent enough. And I don't know, like, do you feel yeah. like this should have been a short? Do you feel like there's enough, like, meat on the bones here? For, a, for I, thought it, I thought it was, it almost would have been more interesting as a short. I mm-hmm. thought that it, the way... The way that the story goes, and you know, I know we'll go, I know we'll get there talking about it, but it seemed a bit of a stretch. But again, that's just me. What did you What yeah. did you think? No, I agree. I think that it it, it could have been really interesting as like a series of shorts, uh, where you see like yeah. kind of like what he did. He did a piece in the uh, the Prophet, uh, which which uh, it was a movie oh, right. a collection of shorts. Yeah. Uh, it had the, multiple directors. Yeah, multiple directors. And I right. think it, it, all from him, if it had been that kind of a thing, like he had one short on love, 
one short on cheating suspicion, one short on uh, infidelity, one short on, you know, heartbreak, whatever, you know what I mean? Like if he'd broken up that way, I think that might've actually worked a little better. A little Um, better. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if we needed the fantastic whole part of it really. Yeah. That, yeah, that all that stuff. Yeah. That, that, kind of fantastic almost fantasy stuff i mean it kind of yeah. goes into this realm of magic right that yep. uh literally magic it, it seemed it just felt a little incongruent and again part of it could have been my how i how i'm accustomed to digesting bill clips which again yeah all right well let's dive. on liquid television you know yeah 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 so yeah. one thing I really liked also in the movie is I thought the sound design and the way it used music, because there's no dialogue in this movie. And he says mm-hmm. he likes to do that because it just makes the, uh, the animation. Uh, he said, uh, he said, occasionally there might be some places where I wish I could put dialogue in dialogue but eventually i'll find a solution to tell it visually and it's actually more successful that way i find it easier to make a film without dialogue simply because doing all the lip sync the recording the editing of the words is really time consuming and work intensive so for me it's easier to draw without the words so you know and and i didn't and i don't think I didn't think he needed any words, you know. I mean, though I, he was—he's such a good visual storyteller. Yeah. That that uh, and that that again, again, what I'm accustomed to seeing with his work. But also, I thought it, I thought it worked. What 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 did you think? Yeah, I thought because the sound design was so strong, and you really felt like yeah, it's really good. Yeah, the like water and walking and like uh, occasional sort of grunting and occasional like all of that kind of helps you feel part of it and i thought the music yeah. was very strong and there'd be times when yeah. it was opera and i'm not maybe you were more aware of what those operas were because <laughs> you're you're more yeah than I yeah am. and they're all very they're all very appropriate you know for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i thought they did a good but job even with the that. Sounds, yeah even the sounds like at the you know that carnival yeah and things you know it's really really well done yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so all right so we have this this a very simple story uh it's you have jake who is a uh is a jock kind of character he's very muscular he's very strong and uh you have ella who is a bookworm who doesn't is like jaded against dating love kind of a thing at the beginning and mm-hmm. she goes to the carnival. There's an uh, with, there's, her, with her nose stuck in a book. Nose stuck know, in a book. Yeah. The carnival, right? <laughs> and there's an accident that happens, and uh, and he saves her from this bumper car accident that happens at the carnival. And that was a pretty good, I think, uh, opening sequence. Oh, it's a cool opener. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's instantly compelling. And, and, uh, and how, you know, yeah, Jake does this very dramatic saving. She needs saving because otherwise she really could have gotten hurt, you know, seriously hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there's this instant connection with the two of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, you've got all this electricity of the bumper cars uh, and their electricity. The is bumper car. Meeting. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there are definitely like archetypes as far as characters. You know, you have your, it's not like, it's not like Jake is like a super well-rounded character, but I was fine with that no. because I think just for this kind of piece, like, I don't know. I think depending on the film, like you get certain degrees of character development uh, for different kinds of films. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Right. No, I think, you know, as describing him as a jock, I think is, is a pretty good way to describe him again not not wanting to, to to slam the character but he really is one-dimensional but that helps with with what's going to happen down the road yeah. you know you can understand why he'd feel the way he doesn't act the way he does yeah. based on really kind of his simplistic view you know like yeah. I, I thought it worked especially with the opera because opera is all about melodrama it's all about yeah. dreams and you know lovers and and uh and villains and and all the kind of thing right. and that's that's i think can work really well and so i was okay with that and i really like probably my favorite part maybe it's just because i love romance I, I think my favorite part was the whole long sequence of them falling in love getting married uh this uh fantasy kind of sequence and you see at one point like cupid uh is these a whole bunch of cupids are performing surgery and like literally like giving her a heart and uh oh i love that too yeah yeah and there's uh, uh there's flying babies and opera and you know she's making cake and decorating things and flowers and yeah all that stuff yeah, I, I really it, liked. It's just, you know, again, it's just like Bill Plimpton's take on this kind of perfect storybook romance. So there's stuff in it. It's super weird, but it's really, but I think it's also really cool. Like there's one sequence where the, you know, the, the quote unquote camera, you know, you, your point of view is flying in and I think it flies into like Ella's chest and then it like goes yeah. inside of her, oh, but you're not yeah. like seeing, you're not like seeing, you know her body or physiology or anything yeah. you're seeing like um it's her heart opening up it's like a bank vault and all these yes. like locked and all these things you know and then and then if i get sitting there and then they pull her heart out you know this you know a literal you know heart-shaped yeah. you know uh, object that but it's cool you know again yeah. it's just a really cool symbolic way of of showing this character you know ella in this case who's who's been heartbroken and she's really locked her heart. And then, she, then yeah. Jake was able to open it up again for her. You know, I was just thinking if you compare this to uh, the, um, uh, the Beatles one, yellow submarine, which we both uh -huh. admired stylistically. We like the artistry, yeah. but we both found it a little boring. And yeah. I think that, this like the parts where that movie would get boring is when it would try to have a story like i would have just way rather it just been a bunch of music videos like that would have been much yeah better. right uh and i think exactly. that this pulls off actually having a story with characters much better than that oh i agree you know and and i think so much of it too is attributed to the you know the, 
the, just the smart choice in these with these characters in that and that seeing and, and that this falling in love sequence at the beginning, which yeah. just really it seems legit. You know, like this is you just really emotionally accept what's happening. I also yeah. like how, I like how the camera is just continually moving along, and oh, it I, too. This, I love this, that yeah. about his work. Yeah, love and, that, and I. It's amazing, I think, how he does that. Yeah, it just creates this flow and this movement that kind of draws you in. You never feel like you're just like sitting. And uh, yeah, there's never anything static in a Bill Clinton scene, you know. Yeah, I also really thought it was interesting the way the camera, for the most part, was almost always looking up at the characters, and I think that that added to sort of, especially in the tense scenes. Like you really were like looking at their eyes, looking at their nose, looking at their face. Like uh, uh-huh. I thought that was an interesting choice that he made of kind of we're looking up at this characters. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too. And I and again, I wondered why he did that, or maybe that's just kind of what he does. But it really does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, it was kind of funny, Bill Plimpton, he said in that interview, he said, this is the kind of film that would make Walt Disney roll over in his freezer. <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but, um, uh, but yeah, so the montage of married life is my favorite. And then we get into married life. And we find out that Jake is getting just continually tempted by all of these women. Yeah, these women are really, you know, because again, I guess he's quite the physical specimen in his world, even though, again, he looks pretty grotesque. (laughs) But uh, still, it seems like, you know, yeah, all these women are, they are, are after him. Yeah. And I saw some people complaining that, oh, like all the women are either, you know, uh, they're all uh, either he's sort of that, that, that it was like some, I saw some people complaining it was like toxic masculinity or whatever. And I don't think so. I think that uh, you have characters that are archetypes. Yes. But I don't think that he's in any way, endorsing this behavior i think it's a no no drama yeah yeah i didn't feel like that either you know um it uh, to me it it just seemed like he he looks like what he looks like kind of not by his doing you know it's just how he is and and that it's the and and the women are, are the ones who were uh kind of just yeah. impeding his happiness with his wife right and like i said like i don't need every character especially in an art piece to be fleshed out and i'm fine having a character that is just basically a shrew and you know or is it or is a tetris or whatever like i i think yeah. that's fine uh and Anyway, so I don't know. I, I didn't have that problem. If you're listening, you had that problem. Let us know. We'd be curious. Yeah, I mean, to know. I'd like to be, yeah, I'd be very curious. I'd really like to hear that. Yeah, other opinions about it too, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like I said, I kind of looked at it as a fellow, and this uh, this woman 
who's the main temptress is kind of like an Iago type of character in Othello, you know, is sort of right. Yeah. Planting, Mm -hmm. planting seeds of doubt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because really, I, I just view both Jake and Ella initially as, as innocent. Right. You know, that they, they love each other and they don't have, like, you know, Jake gives all these temptations thrown his way with all these women hitting on him. But I never felt like he, and maybe I'm reading this wrong generation, but I don't know. I think he was, had every intention of being faithful to his wife. Yep. I think so too. And yeah. Yes, definitely. I agree. And so uh, then we get, I did, I loved the sequence just visually of the woman, the neighbor that is drying her sheets uh, on the floor. That whole sequence was really beautiful with all the the sheets and the way they kept flowing and, and moving Mm -hmm. as this kind of wave of white. Like it looked really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Terrific animation. Yeah. Yeah really really interesting yeah it was good and so anyway uh we have he finally just like rejects this woman at he works at a uh, gas station she she tries to she's tried a number of times give her a number uh, things like that uh but she he finally you know rejects her completely and she is super you know uh upset i guess about she it is, she is a woman scorned right yes. she is she is so mad that's yeah. a good way to describe it uh so she follows ella at a department store and uh she takes a picture of her changing uh with all these mannequins and yeah the dressing room is full of mannequins for whatever for whatever yeah. reason right i mean we it comes to play you know shortly in the film but yeah and i thought it was weird it's like what's she doing you know what are all these mannequins doing in the yeah. dressing room or whatever and then also like oh she's taking pictures of her the world but then it all made sense yeah and so he sees the picture and he thinks that he she's having this affair clearly should have talked to her but we're dealing with a classic right. tragedy <laughs> and that's what classical yeah. tragedies do uh, they yeah. have these miscommunications that make all these fatal flaws in the character characters. That's what was right. This, this total, that's right. Total Shakespearean, right there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That he that I was and and also I think and 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 with you like 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 you feel watching Othello or something else for like just talk to her. You know, just, you know, find out there's an explanation. There's an easy explanation. But because I think, again, Jake is so Mm simple-minded, it just immediately sets him into just kind of this jealous sadness, right? Jealousy and sadness. And what do you think that Plimpton is trying to say about uh marriage and sensuality, love, these kind of themes? What do you think his message is? You know, my my take on it was, uh, and again, based on a little bit of what he was saying, you know, some of those interviews mm-hmm. that we watched, but uh, I think my my take on it was that, that like this love is in a way kind of is 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 fragile and fleeting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And maybe not even necessarily true, you know, from a, a kind of a cynical standpoint, although, you know, that changes. I won't, won't give anything away just yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, almost it's almost just like that. I just, I just feel like he he kind of had a cynical view on love. Yeah. Well, what yeah. was your take? I, I agree with you. I think that his idea is kind of that love is dangerous. Love is the 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 highs are dangerous. The the lows yeah. are dangerous. Uh, they're but they're just like essential. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. That scene where oh, it goes. Sad goes right into her body and the mechanics of her body and i think that it's like inevitable and it's dangerous <laughs> and we have to be really careful uh about uh-huh. about these passions i guess <laughs> um yeah yeah uh, and yeah it's just the it's, it's an interesting thing and you know and he do you do have these two characters that probably shouldn't be in love it is pro i mean it's probably a toxic relationship because uh he's he's so different than her and uh but yet they do fall in love and and he had said i think it was in that interview where he talked about how he had been that had this love they ended up moving in together and then it turns out they were just like terrible <laughs> together yeah they <laughs> were terrible so yeah. they were still very physically attracted to each other right. but they could not coexist. I mean, they, were, right. they, were, they were, they were, yeah, horrible, so I, really, in, yeah. In, in the majority of their, their, their yeah. So I think life. you have some of that in there, some of that themes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, and I, I think that clearly his, you know, since he wrote it too, right? So that, that definitely, I felt definitely influenced it. I also thought too, it was interesting because again, Ella again her nose is stuck in a book meaning and i just interpreted that action as she is more of an intellectual yeah too uh and he he's pretty you know yeah not not <laughs> right. i think so like well and then you know i guess then they're both totally broken up about it because she you know she can't figure out really what she did, you know, kind of just again, like you're saying, like Desdemona does in, in uh, Othello, right? Like, what did I do? What did I do? Why, why are you doing that? Yeah. But, uh, uh, then he, his, his approach on coping with his wife's supposed infidelity is to become completely unfaithful to her. Yeah. Right? It's like his revenge is to all is to become like Wilt Chamberlain or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know he goes bonkers, <laughs> right? And yeah, and, and yeah. just yeah. And I goes thought with it every, was, every one of those women. Yeah, I thought it was a beautiful, devastating but beautiful sequence when Ella finds out about the affairs and you see her running through the rain and uh, going up yeah. to the hotel and you know everything like that, like. And so yeah. I thought that was all, again, the sound design was really great. The movement of the camera was really great. You really felt, I thought that was really well done. Oh, me too. I, you know, it's, it's, um, it is really well done. It's just that, yeah, really sad moment. I think in that montage too, she's, she just kind of wraps herself up in, in, in the sheets on the one side of her bed, you know, and it's just yeah. like, you just, you feel so sad. Yeah. for this 
this you know passion and love that's that's that's, that's no longer that's been ruined. Yeah. So she ends up getting this uh, hitman that's going to she's going to <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah now things get really weird <laughs> yeah and I think this is where you see that humor in I don't know if it totally yeah. works but like you definitely see where he was getting that humor because it's so over the top with like him having like a million bombs under his like his jacket or like right knives, right <laughs> crazy knives and all these crazy plans yeah this crazy hit man yeah yeah so i think you can see that kind of absurdist comedy coming through right yeah. right and so she finds out that there's this magician who has this device this time machine a, de- a device that will allow her to go into the consciousness of the bodies of the women that jake is sleeping with and this is the part that i i don't know i just don't i don't know if it was if it 100 percent quite worked for me uh bringing in this sort of uh this magic element to the story you know it didn't it didn't work for me at all i just felt like it was so opposite of what it just happened beforehand because Again, the stuff that we had seen, you know, with the relation, I mean, sure, like, you know, the bumper car wreck is kind of fantastical and some of these other things, right? But yeah. still, I just felt like it was really based in some kind of a reality that we're all familiar with. And then yeah. and then this really t- took it in a different way. And again, it's very Bill Plimpton-esque, you know, it's like and the shorts where someone pulls their head off and then, you know, <laughs> and then it grows back. Uh, just really, really weird. I didn't, I didn't care for it. I thought I kind of, I, uh, I, I liked where it ultimately took it, but I just wondered if that, I just, again, I hate to second guess the artist, but I just wondered if there might've been a different way to get to that end result that might not have been so, you know so kooky yeah yeah i mean because i i think yeah it doesn't feel necessary i think you could have had a tragedy play out basically like othello plays out you know and i think yeah uh, that you could have ended up seeing uh her go to somebody new and then realizing that had all been this mistake kind of like not it's not exactly that but kind of like in the umbrellas of Sherbeau, when you get this like this ending where you know they 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 realize spoiler alert um that they, they realize that they you know they had that moment together and and then you know they're both with these different people and sort of ends on this sad yeah. tragic moment i think it kind of could have kind yeah. of ended like that uh and right i just i can't imagine anybody who like even in i just can't imagine anybody even in an over-the-top melodrama making that choice to go into the bodies of these women yeah yeah i can't either because again the choice to get a hitman i thought was kind of was was dark but i thought that it worked because again i was really expecting it to go total film noir noir you know where maybe they were both going to like try to kill each other or 
somehow outsmart each other or get, turn into a real revenge yeah. kind of plot. But yeah. wow, this was, yeah, this, this was, I'm with you. That was just seemed so weird. And I was just thinking, that's the last I could want to be, you yeah. know, with one of these. Like you know, in the mind of this person who's cheating with your spouse, like no, yeah, like I could imagine her wanting no. to go into his mind and find out what he's thinking. I guess, yeah, what he's thinking that's possible or not uh, thinking. And maybe yeah. I could imagine wanting to do it one time to maybe, uh, but m- multiple times over and over again, like. I don't know. That's yeah, some. No. That's some messed up stuff. Like that's. It was. Like, it was. It was messed. Yeah, it was messed up to me. Again, it didn't. It seemed. I guess two things. It seemed incongruent, but then also I just kept saying, "This is a Bill Plimpton film." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna. It's gonna have this really weird thing. Thing that's gonna happen, and it's just yeah. kind of you know yeah. normal in, in 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 his world. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's probably where it would have been better as a short. We could have just kind of gotten rid of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just I, been... I love your idea of those different shorts that kind of explore a particular emotion or a particular, you know, kind of part of, yeah. of, of, yeah, an ending of a relationship. Yeah. yeah. It could just be about the, the various passions of a, of a relationship to start the middle yeah. the end, all that kind of stuff. And that, I think that's all you really yeah. needed. But anyway, it ends with, uh, it ends with the, them back at the carnival uh, and they're all kind of getting electrocuted and crying and it kind of brings her back to life uh, at a certain point. And, uh, and she ends up, she takes the, the ending, she ends up at the happy house with the with the time machine, with the device. And so yeah. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what was meant by that ending. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, mean, they, they feel, I feel like they, they like, they got, I, I assumed that they got back together, right? Uh, it seemed yeah. like it, but was that pretty, did she it go? It seemed like it. Did she go back in time or something? Or why did she need the device at that point? That was the only thing I wasn't sure exactly. about. Exactly. No, kidding. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I gotta ask Rachel. I because I just I don't. I I didn't I didn't I didn't get it. So I guess in my mind I just came to the conclusion. Well, I guess this is a happy ending, but maybe either she, is she gonna keep the device or you know or is yeah. that. I am. I don't don't know. know. I just wrote, and then at the happy house again through the time machine. So I didn't know if they went back to the time when they were in love, and I kind of wondered if they did that or who knows. But anyway, so it ends. The tragedy ends on this. It ends (laughs) kind of on this kind of ambiguous happy note, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And and that's the thing again. Maybe. Maybe that's helpful that it's a bit ambiguous because again, it's it's you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm so repetitive. It's just that it's Bill Plimpton, you know. It's just like <laughs> it's gonna be kind of weird. Yeah. But and 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 just just to have that be a super crystal clear happy ending might not necessarily have worked yet. Yeah. Still, I guess I was hopeful that 
they they maybe can work it out although again they might not really be the best couple <laughs> or even just like seeing them part ways maybe walking one walking in one direction the other walking in another direction yeah something like that yeah. uh, it, rather than be ambiguous but you know it's very interesting and uh it there weren't very many ambiguous moments uh so i was i was fine with it it's it it's still a you know fun not fun it's certainly an enjoy and and ah, what am i saying it certainly was an enriching experience to watch and uh i'm so happy to watch it too because you know i you know what is this? Was it like was this his eighth or ninth? That's full-length feature film. I think something like that. Yeah, and, he's done. Yeah. yeah, and I, I as I said, I, I've 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 seen a bunch of his shorts, but I this was the first feature of his, and so I yeah. I want to try to find out, find watch some of these other uh, yeah some of his other features and see see how they. You know how they are. Uh, yeah, I thought it would be yeah. kind of interesting to look at their the reviews of this. There were twenty nine reviews. It's got eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so they have twenty five fresh, four rotten. And I think there's a lot of they they kind of capture what I was feeling in a lot of these uh, that you have uh, the uh, the you have Matthew Lacona. Uh, he says the story is stuffed with exaggeration, elongation, elaboration, but it's all in the service of making a commonplace circumstance love look like it feels when it happens to you, i.e. the very opposite of commonplace. I thought that was a really interesting insight. Yeah, that is a really good insight. You know, that really it does both the devastation and the uh, and the passion at the beginning, like I, I think he did capture how how it must i mean i haven't i haven't felt either of those myself personally uh in that way uh but i can imagine that it would feel kind of like that yeah i think i think and again it's it's his his real mastery of the medium you know and in, in that he's able to create this with just you know images and then of course you know you mentioned good, good use of music but but uh it really does take you on this really interesting emotional journey, doesn't it? Just the way he he does his um, his art, yeah. Really, that's really uh, that's a good that's a good review right there. <laughs> you did a good job, Mister uh, Matthew Lacona, the San Diego <laughs> yeah. Daily Reader. Yes. Uh, Scott from the New York Times, he said. Like every other great animator from Chuck Jones to Hayao Miyazaki, Mr. Plimpton rewrites the laws of physics at will, but within a rigorous and coherent logic, he conjures a world of absolute improbability that somehow makes perfect sense. So that was interesting. Yeah. That, that's a nice way to describe it because again, <laughs> I feel that way about his short films too. Yeah. You know, that, they, they you know they also do make sense even though they're just so crazy yeah and yeah. i i like this oleg avanov from slant magazine he says the plot is pure pulp and i really agree with that like it's like classic tragedy classic uh-huh. drama pure pulp inspired in equal parts by the tropes and imagery of film noir grand opera and silent melodrama i think that's true okay yeah yeah 
I agree with that. Yeah. It's just so funny yeah. to me. People that think this is a romp, like that <laughs> just shows how different people I know. Are. I didn't think it was a romp at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now have you seen some of his other long form, you know, some of his other feature films on Rachel and have and if so how how does this compare? I've actually only seen one he did last year uh, that was a live action film about if Hitler had, it was called Hitler's Folly. And it oh, yeah. was kind of a disaster. Okay. It was pretty terrible. It was pretty, like he was trying to be funny. And I just don't think he pulled off that, that very thin line that you have to walk with dealing with that kind of content. Uh, it was, uh-huh. it was not, a successful <laughs> enterprise i'm not surprised he ended up uh, okay. like you, you could download it for free like <laughs> he he obviously couldn't find a distributor or anything like that because nobody's gonna touch that with the tech yeah. so that's the only other one i've okay. seen uh but uh was that a sundance or where was that uh no like i don't think he could have gotten into sundance with that i mean it was it was very like it was it was if they talk about comedians that miss the mark he super missed the mark <laughs> like it was very offensive uh, okay um and so there's no way and i don't think he meant you know sometimes you just miss the mark and he missed the mark yeah and it's it was very terrible i kind of just like pretended that i didn't even because i didn't want to put it in my bottom 10 of the year and it totally would have gotten a space at the bottom 10 of the year if i had <laughs> i just pretended like i hadn't even yeah. seen it because <laughs> it was really bad yeah that good huh yeah, yeah. Like, oh. like, nobody would yeah it just didn't work it didn't work at all uh that's the only other one i've seen of his that's the long ones uh but yeah i'd be curious to check out you know more of his his films i yeah to, today i was actually looking for so his first again watching some of these interviews you have to prepare uh he was his he was referring to his first film which is called the tune t-u-n-e mm. and i saw there was some clips of it on youtube but i then i ran out of time and said well i've got i i I need to check if it's on Vimeo or if, if it's on. I didn't see it on iTunes, which doesn't mean it's not there. I just maybe not wasn't looking hard enough. Or, or you I know. know Idiots and Angels uh, is a popular one from him. Oh, okay. But I haven't, I haven't seen it. So. Uh, well, and I just, I, I think I left this film though, really though, with an admiration for his, for Bill Plimpton's. Uh, artistry and really his tenacity that he he's he, he gets these films done mm-hmm. and he just came and imagine the work even though i you know i felt like much of the you know act two and, and act three of the, the film of gene was 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 kind of misguided in my opinion mm-hmm. but um still he did all the drawing and yeah. and uh and it's just you know what a and 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 he's not he doesn't have some big studio to back him up you know he's got to figure out how to how to how to fund these and how to get them done and yeah. man, this really this is amazing and he keeps doing and he keeps doing him yeah yeah he keeps he's a scrapper he keeps figuring out how to make it happen yeah and uh, so it's really cool it's very very cool and so this it is, is cool 
this was a lot of fun. And I think if you can handle some already content and something that's definitely on the sort of surrealist side, something that's more of this kind of uh, classical tragedy, you know, elements to it, then I think you should definitely give it a shot. I think it's beautiful animation. It does a lot of things right. And it's really a chance to see art. I think that we should be as supportive as possible for people that are still truly animating art and truly, you know, like yeah. a one man show like this, this is so impressive. I mean, it's like, um, uh, the last year, uh, um, I think his name was Sebastian Laudenbach doing the girl without hands, which he made in his apartment. Like that just blows right. my mind. <laughs> and I it love It's just that. like, yeah, it just, like, I can't, I can't believe the artistry and the tenacity of these, you know, of these people that are, that are able to do the, that kind of a project, you know, it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And I, I, I completely agree, agree with you. I think, uh, it's the, even though, you know, I, I've been critical of some of the story, but the animation there's, there's, it's, it's really, it's really a, a unique experience. And, and I, I definitely recommend it too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so great. Well, this has been really fun. Uh, thank you for uh, for joining me to talk about this movie. And we oh, thank you. Yeah, we will be back next month. We are going to be talking about uh, Paranorman, uh, Leica's under underappreciated film. I think it. it I, I think it's a real uh, gorgeous, bold, and wonderful film that I love. And I think that. Uh, it's probably, I think that Coraline is probably my favorite from them, but I think that, uh, that Paranorman deserves more love. So we're going to give it, we're going to give it its love. And <laughs> I'm excited for that for perfect for yeah. Halloween, uh, for October. So we'll do that next month and I'm really looking forward to it. And we are going to talk about, uh, talk about Moana too next month. So this should be really fun. And, uh, so I appreciate yeah, it. And if you're listening and you have any ideas for what you would like us to talk about for obscure animation uh, or underappreciated uh, animation that you think deserves to be uh, looked at and, and promoted, let us know in the comment section or on Twitter and uh, we'll definitely consider it. So, and if you've seen, uh, if you've seen Cheaton or any other Bill Plimpton's work, put in uh, the, let us know. We'd love to know what you think. So thanks so much. And uh, Stanford, how can people find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I also have a movie blog, which is moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And uh, yeah, if you can put in your reviews on iTunes, it really helps people to find the podcast. Really appreciate that. And uh, thanks again. And we will, uh, we'll talk again next month. Thanks, Bye. Rachel. See you.